Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Wash, hey, gun, Daniel. How much? Drinking a good cup of coffee this morning. I was going to ask. <laughs> coffee snob. What you drinking today? Ethiopia Kenya mix. Okay. It's an interesting blend. It's good. Sinerjos uh, summer blend. Sinerjos. Sinerjos. I think the J is silent. Sinerjos. There's not a J. Whatever it is. It's a G. The G is silent then. <laughs> I probably say it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those like fancy coffee roasters here locally that nice. you just pick up a, a bag and they have a funky name on the label and so is you it, say it and then all the millennials look at you funny because you don't know the real way to say it is it good i mean is it do you want to taste it no i don't want to taste it we can't do that we no. have to stay six feet apart yeah no <laughs> is that maybe you to do do you walk away from that going wow that's a really good cup of coffee it is a really good cup of coffee yeah it's well balanced um it's the thing with the micro roasters is they get specific beans and they know how to roast it for that bean mm. so it's you know for some people like wine some people like craft beer some people like ain't nothing like a good now seltzer well i don't know i maybe i should bring my wine in we could you could have your coffee at 10 o'clock in the morning and i could for the purposes of this <laughs> podcast i could be sipping wine and talking about the uh, italian vineyards yeah some people buy five dollar coffee uh coffees at starbucks or whatever they do the lattes or whatever we budget for um you know, craft roasted coffee, have it a couple of days of the week. It just really makes my morning on the days that I have it. So it, it's one of those things. You got to find areas in your budget that you spend a little more because you get a little more quality out of life uh, or you, you just get something back for it. And you have to be unashamed for the fact that sometimes you you choose to pay a little bit more to get something that you really want. Wow. So. If you have never set up our question <laughs> for Abraham before, I don't know if you meant to do that, but that was a standout because we've got a great question today uh, coming in from Abraham about moving into the investment world. He's clearly in the wealth development phase of his DIY money journey, and he's got a great question. So let's hit it without further ado. Abraham, what do you got? DIY! Hi, my name is Abraham, and I'm actually calling from Toronto, Canada. Um, I started my personal finance journey, and I've been listening to your uh, podcast. It's been super helpful, and I actually wanted to ask you a little question as I sort of start into looking where to make my investments. I'm new, and I came across a couple products, things like robo-advisors like Betterment or Fidelity, Go, things like that, versus actually going in and investing in things yourself like uh, index funds or maybe even target funds and stuff like that. I was curious what your take is on these things, especially for someone new, considering the fact that robo-advisors do charge a little bit more. And uh, what do you guys think on those kind of uh, options for someone who's starting? Anyways, thanks a lot, guys. Looking forward to hearing from you. All right. Welcome back. That's a great question. I know you've had a lot of experience, Daniel, um, experimenting with some of the robos out there. Um, I want to hear your, I, I mean, I'll let you just take it away. What do you got for Abraham? Yeah, I mean, pretty much anyone that comes online, I try to sign up for it. I create a goal or an account or something. I just like to see how they work. I like to see what their edge is. Uh, because, you know, I'm going to throw out there, the name of the show is DIY Money. So you already know that we believe that you can DIY this, a lot of this stuff. You can learn, you can grow, you can implement it yourself if that's what you choose to do. 
And you really should be knowledgeable about finances because um, you can do it. And no one else is going to do it as well as you do it if you choose to go that route. So uh, you can figure it out. You can open an investment account and do it yourself. Obviously, we can do that because we're investment advisors. So we're competent in that area. But what I'd love to do is when these new things come online, I like to see what they're all about. Uh, So I've had an account at various of these different places. And when it comes to robo-advisors, here's kind of my perspective my view, their interface, they do exceptionally, exceptionally well. They are very user-friendly. And what the robo-advisor sort of era has brought on is the fact that investing has to be approachable and user-friendly because a decade or so ago, it was clunky. You'd open up a brokerage account, you'd log on, the interface was, you know, okay. Uh, You'd try to figure out how to buy or sell something. You'd have to do, you know, go to the research tab, then go to the trade tab, all this. What uh, we'll say Betterment. We'll use Betterment because they're the big robo-advisor here in the U.S., uh, kind of the the cornerstone robo-advisor, if you will, the the pinnacle that what every robo-advisor kind of measures itself off of right now. What Betterment essentially did is it created a user interface where you could go online, you can open an account without any paperwork, boom, 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 like five steps. You had an account open, you set a goal. So it was all go-based. It wasn't like just throw money in an account and hope that it gets to where you want it to go. You told it what your timeline was with the amount of money you needed, it recommended how much to put in each month. It recommended an account allocation for you. It did a lot of the things that a financial planner or investment advisor is going to sit down and do with you via you know, calculating, et cetera. Um, but it made a lot of assumptions for you. But the user interface was slick and good. And what it did is back before there were zero commissions in stocks and uh, low-cost mutual funds, it has allowed you to invest dollars that then got allocated across these different ETFs. Uh, and it functioned very, very well, uh, especially for that time period that it was implemented. But there was a fee for it. Uh, you were paying for that technology and that interface and so forth, when at the reality, you could have just opened up a brokerage account, put money in an S&P 500 fund or a target date fund that was even lower cost, if you kind of roughly knew about the goal that you had, the return that you needed, and the risk that you wanted to take to be able to get to that goal. So overall... I, you know, the interface of these things are great. The user friendliness is great, but you can do it yourself. You can open up a brokerage account. You can go the very, very low cost option, option, save yourself quite a bit on fees by saying, you know, I have a goal that is 10 years away. Here's an allocation that'll get me there. You can study up and learn, you know, the stock bond sort of mix that you need to be able to get there. In fact, Betterment and some of these will actually just show you what they would advise you uh, for that particular timeline goal. So uh, you can almost copy it if you were confident that that was the one that you wanted to choose. But you can do that without paying them at all. What you're getting when you pay them is sort of this comfort level and really this technology level that you probably don't essentially need. On the flip side, there are some people that want more confidence. Um, They want somebody to really be able to sit down and help them plan and walk through the math and figure out that portfolio basically give them actual human experience. And that's what the robo-advisors don't do. When you're working with a robo-advisor, unless you go to their next level up, which is sort of a robo-advisor plus planning, you don't get that actual human interaction. It's simply you type into the computer what your goals are. uh, They assign you an allocation that's kind of the best fit for that. And then you're basically paying for the technology or the vehicle to take your dollars and invest it in that. That's what a brokerage account will do for you for free if you can educate yourself and figure out the investments. So, Perfect. Yeah. Well, what is your... I mean, but you left Betterment. I did leave Betterment. Yeah. So I actually like the interface. Um, and full disclosure, so I set up a goal on there to save up for our, our car, not the van that we bought recently, but 
the prior one, the one that I'm driving now in our family. Um, so I set it up for that and, and something else. I, I had a Roth there for a while. Here was my frustration. Uh, on the front end, Betterment's stuff was really slick, and I actually liked the way that it tracked month to month. You know, here's where you are versus your goal that you said was three years away, and here's the allocation you're in and the risk you're taking, and you have X percentage of chance that you'll, you know, have more than you need, next percent of chance that you won't have enough or it goes to zero or whatever. I forget exactly what all the graphs said at that point. Here was the rub for me that eventually made me lose or leave Betterment. And it may not still be this way. So if somebody's listening and they say, yeah, that, that it works better than that now, it, it may be because it was a couple of years ago. So we were saving in a taxable account for this car goal. And it was just the goal that we picked to test out Betterment. Uh, so it's a taxable account, remember, so we're going to pay taxes on it at the end when we sell stuff. So we save, save, save. Every month we're putting in two deposits, uh, one with each paycheck, and it's buying into a portfolio of, say, eight ETFs, right? Uh, so twice a month, eight ETFs. So we have twice a month times 12 months, 24 times a year. It's buying eight different securities. <laughs> and then when we go to sell this in one big chunk to use that money to buy a car, that next year when we file our taxes... Instead of consolidating all of those transactions into one line uh, for each ETF, so we have eight lines, it put every single purchase on a different line for our taxes. And when I tried to import that in the, into TurboTax, because we also do it ourselves on the tax side, TurboTax basically freaked out and said, you can't use the online version of TurboTax that you've been using. You have to switch to the download side. And it, then it still freaked out. And it actually caused about a three-day sort of headache as far as trying to do our taxes and upload this sort of like 50-page cost basis form, et cetera. So there's probably a CPA listening right now. It's like you could have just you know transposed that into this and done it that way. But that's the, that's the human-level service that you then end up needing to add to this element of robo-advising. So it was not as simple on the back end as it looked and felt on the front end. And that was kind of frustrating for me. And it made me sort of go, eh, you know, they don't have all the kinks worked out and I can just put this in a brokerage account. I know Schwab brokerage account was going to consolidate everything into one line. So I was like, I'm just going to do it there. And it works. I have a very simple philosophy on this. I uh, Daniel has done a great job. I have zero experience with any of these. Um, I have never tried. I have never gone down that path. Um, so I'm not the one uh, developing our... Um, you know, our wealth development uh, suite of, um, of services, as Daniel is for our firm. So I, I'm not on the due diligence committee for this. But my philosophy is real simple. You either completely do it yourself, and you don't even consider paying anyone, and you go to my preferences of Vanguard. Uh, I'm a big John Bogle fan. They just were first mover advantage in this whole fiduciary space regarding low to no fee. Uh, so I'm a big Vanguard fan. And you just resolve, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to be the one who develops our plan. I'm going to be the one who invests. That's fine. And that's why, you know, we're doing the podcast is to, for people to ultimately get out of debt and start the wealth development phase. And if they want to do it themselves, the flip side is if you don't want to do it yourself, don't, in my personal opinion, and I guess I'm advisor. So this is my blanketed advice. Don't take this as advice personally. <laughs> I don't like these middle of the road things where, oh, I'm kind of helping you and I'm kind of not. And here's why. Because when you have a specific question, they're going to bunt or they're not even going to be there because they're not going to take on the liability of answering your specific question, which means what? It leaves you to being on your own, doing it yourself. 
So why go down this middle of the road where you're kind of paying, you're not kind of paying? I think that's ridiculous. The reality is you either want an advisor or you don't. If you want an advisor, 1% is the standard uh, management. Now, you might get people that are hawking this, that, and the other, but I mean CFP, advisory plans, you know, the whole nine yards. Now, in our firm, we are working on, and it's early, too early, but we're working on a, a service that will allow... So this this sort of automated, you know, the 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 expense that we bear a lot of times is the investment side of things. So the automated investments with personal investment guidance and that and and CFP like guidance and that is going to be at a cost, but it's going to be at a premium. It won't be you know standard one percent, but it be it'll be at a premium from a quote unquote robo. But my point, Abraham, is this: either completely do it yourself or find a fiduciary advisor, one or the other. But I think these middle-of-the-road people who are trying to feign as this, well, we're kind of this do-it-yourself, but we're going to give you advisory services, is nonsense. I, I just I don't like it. It's personally. technology and marketing. Exactly. So there you go. That's all we got for you. And we're totally running out of time, so I'm just going to cut it here. Thanks for listening to DIY Money, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.